0: I'm Angela Kelly Robeck, host of the Empowered Principal Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com.
1: Hey, welcome back, Steve here, and today I've got Karen Gross back on the show. Remember her as the author of Lady Lucy's Quest and Breakaway Learners? Well, now she has created an ebook called Wrinkles Doesn't Like Social Distancing. Wrinkles is her dog, and the story is meant to help children understand social distancing. Great stuff. Lots to learn today. Lots to use today. Thanks for being here. Don't forget to share and subscribe. Enjoy. Hey, by the way, don't forget to check out her YouTube link where you can go see pictures of wrinkles and the story as it goes through a slideshow. I'll have it in my show notes, so check that out on YouTube. Awesome stuff. You are listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast for educators, helping you help kids achieve their dreams.
0: And now, here's Steve with this week's show.
1: Karen Gross is a Washington, D.C. based author and educator, as well as an advisor to nonprofit schools, organizations, and governments. Her work focuses on student success with a specialization in trauma, its symptoms, and approaches to its amelioration. She has worked with institutions planning for and dealing with person and nature made disasters, including shootings, suicides, immigration detention, family dysfunction, hurricanes, and floods. She currently serves as senior counsel to Finn Partners. She is an instructor in continuing education at Rutgers University Graduate School of Social Work and also sits on the advisory council at the Center for Minority-Serving Institutions at Rutgers. She's a visiting professor at Bennington College and artist-in-residence at Molly Stark Elementary School, Vermont. She's the award-winning author of Breakaway Learner's Strategies for post Success and Failure and Forgiveness, Rebalancing the Bankruptcy System. She is also the author of a trauma-sensitive children's book series, Lady Lucy's Quest. She has read to more than 3,000 children across across the globe, and you've also heard her on this podcast as we've talked a little bit about uh, Breakaway Learners and several of the books from Lady Lucy's Quest. She served for eight years as president of Southern Vermont College and as senior policy advisor to the U.S. Department of Education during the Obama administration. Prior to that, she was a tenured law professor for 22 years in New York City. She has also served on numerous local, regional, and national boards, including Campus Compact, New England Board of Higher Education, and the Sage Colleges. A frequent voice on education issues across the pre-K through 20 pipeline, she has written for numerous publications, among them University Business, Age of Awareness, The Heckinger Report, The New England Journal of Higher Education, LinkedIn, Forest of the Rain Productions, Inside Higher Ed, and The Chronicle of Higher Education. Karen, welcome back. Great to have you here. Say hi to everyone.
0: Good morning. Nice to be with you.
1: And today is really cool. We're going to be talking about uh, a new project that you have, which has to do with wrinkles and social distancing. So uh, before we get there, can uh, let's talk a little bit about what's, what's going on in our world today.
0: So we're living in a world that's filled with change. And that's change for everyone. So when the pandemic hit, lots of things happened in people's life and it got disordered and that's very difficult for adults and for children. Schools closed, businesses closed, people got sick, people got quarantined, people had to exhibit social distancing our world literally changed almost overnight. And that level of change and the threat of getting ill or your family getting ill is traumatic. And so I've been focused on what can we do during this time to help children so that they don't struggle as much with the issues that are now confronting our world.
1: And it's a, it's a whole different world. I don't, you know, I feel like I'm in an episode of twilight zone or, you know, just there's any number of TV shows you could add to this or movies. The, uh, I'm just missing all the sci-fi parts of it because we're definitely uh, not used to having this and and children to be removed from part of their everyday world is got to have some uh, issues for them. So, let's talk about that. How are children doing with schools closed? And do you think they're all happy campers?
0: Well, you know, it's interesting you raise it like that. I um, was asked by someone, well, don't children love being out of school? Isn't this (laughs) like a holiday and they're all so happy? Why do you want to write an article about children and the difficulties they're having? And I said, because that is what's happening. This is not summer vacation. This is not a snow day. This is not an opportunity to go out and play with your friends and shoot hoops or do whatever it is you do with your friends when you're together as a group. In fact, it's the opposite of that. Children are confined to their homes in many regions of the country. They're only engaged with the people in that home. And sometimes, Some of the people even within the home are quarantined. So for example, children who are raised by and supported by grandparents can't see those grandparents necessarily, or maybe see them at a big distance, sometimes even through a glass window. This has an impact. So school provides really five, And when trauma hits, those five things are taken away. Stability, structure, safety, subtlety, which means something personal to each person, and someone with whom the child engages, like a teacher, or the school nurse, or the school principal, or one of the school aides. But when you take that all the way, all the stability, all the structure, all the safety, all the subtlety and the some ones, kids struggle.
1: And, and you can see it. I mean, this is, it, it's interesting what you're talking about because it, it, even for adults, I mean, it feels like you should be on vacation, but you can't be. And for the parents who are out there, I mean, they, they have their house full right now and, uh, and there's just this strange thing that's missing here because yeah, the difference with a snow day, you know, everybody's like, "woohoo!" And then in, instead uh, the kids have to notice that uh, the, the adults are a little different than they were on snow days and things like this. So what can we do to help children now?
0: I think there are several things we can do. And certainly not one thing is going to fix this for all kids. And I just want to say that the observation you made that people are acting differently is accurate. And children often don't have an outlet to talk about what they're actually feeling because there seems to be, with physical quarantine, sort of a mental quarantine, an isolation. So rather than engaging, which is part of what we do as humans, people are isolating themselves not just physically, but psychologically. So let me suggest two activities that can be done in communities where you can still walk. So one is that an email or a posting or phone chain goes out to all the kids in the area and asks them all to draw, say, a sunshine or stars in the sky and then they're supposed to tape them into the windows, front windows, of their homes and then everybody at their own pace, all alone with their family, can walk around neighborhoods and count the number of stars or suns that they see. And it's a way of engaging people together without them being physically together. So here's another one that's like that. If you have chalk, then, and you're in an area where there are driveways, families can go out and chalk drawings in their driveways of whatever they want, and then as other families walk by, you can all see each other's chalk drawings on the driveways. That's another example of sharing together without being together.
1: That's awesome. I love it. I, I love that idea, especially because then you would see your child could see the impact of that group because as you go through your neighborhood, then you start seeing the suns, you know, it's, or the stars or whatever it is that they did, or the chalk drawings. I, I love that because it, it shows the connectivity, you know, because sometimes the magic box that we have in front of us, it doesn't seem real either. And But you would see the impact of it in your neighborhood as you walked around yes. and then saw those things.
0: And you could count, right? So yes. it has all sorts of educational value. You're uh, doing something structured drawing whatever the assigned thing is to draw, but you're drawing in your own way. You could make several drawings. You put them up in your window, that's another activity, making sure they face out, not in. And then people can go around and count, which is already another activity, the actual counting, and seeing if people come up with the same numbers. And then you're outside actually, and exercising, even if you're not together as a group. So it's a way of accomplishing many goals with sort of one activity.
1: That's excellent. I love it. So so let's talk a little bit about social distancing for a minute here. What why do you think social distancing is is hard for children to understand?
0: So I I think one of the primary ways we engage with children is through touch and connection. So parents hug their children. Kids touch each other. Think about the games children play together. Most of them involve some form of touch. Think about tag or hide and seek or any of those games. So when you take that away, so there's no touch or connection, then it's very hard for kids to understand that this isn't a statement about them. They're not being rejected. This is about a requirement to keep them healthy, but it's so counter to how we engage and show affection that it's easy to misunderstand social distancing as being something that people are saying, we don't want you anymore, stay over there. And that's really hard. It's hard for adults. It's very hard for children. And what makes this all the more difficult is that it's confusing, but kids don't have an opportunity to talk about it, in part because parents or guardians or caregivers or grandparents aren't themselves that comfortable with it. And so they have no way to access their feelings and talk about it.
1: And I think that's it's so real that way, because especially, you know, not having... You know, for all of us not having experienced this, it's kind of strange. We go about our business, and we forget that the kids are watching. You know, it's it's funny. There's a there's a country song out right now that talks about a little bit about that. That has nothing to do with the virus, but it has everything to do with the you know the child observing what the dad is doing, and and they they see all this, and and it it is. You're right. It's such a big part of why can't I go over and see Jimmy over there or Sarah when I normally do every day after school, well, wait a second, I'm not going to school. And, you know, it's, and, uh, why are you at home also? <laughs> you know, and, uh, depending on their ages and, uh, you know, teenagers say a little differently. And why are you at home? <laughs> we could go a little different there, but, uh, it, you know, just the, just trying to get to that, that understanding is interesting and what you, and you're going to try and help, help parents with that because you've created a story about, about uh, a dog named wrinkles. Um, you want to, kind of give us a, an intro to uh, what, what your story is going to deal with, and then we'll talk a little bit about the character and where we're going from there?
0: Sure. I'd love to do that. But let me just add that you raised a very good point about music. So, in Italy, where they are quarantined also, with a very bad situation with the coronavirus, people are getting out on their balconies and singing opera to each other. Now, to be fair, their houses are close to each other and their balconies are close, but you can listen to videos of whole communities singing together. And one thing that one can do here is pick an hour of the day, say five o'clock in the evening, and in any community where you can relatively see other houses, everybody goes out with an instrument, even a pot and a spoon, and at five o'clock makes music. Nice. So, another suggestion using that, music.
1: That's awesome. That is really cool. And see how that would be so, uh, so very, if nothing else, uh, make you feel like things are. Not that bad. Right. It's
0: a way of communicating.
1: Yeah. It's very cool. So, So, go ahead. I
0: wrote a story about a dog named Wrinkles, who is a real dog. He's our dog. And I wrote a dog story because I think children can relate to what Wrinkles is experiencing about social distancing. And the interesting thing about this story, and it's been tested on kids, is that it then opens the door for caregivers and parents and grandparents to ask kids, well, what did you think about Wrinkles? And do you feel the same way he does? And what do you think we can do about that? And how is it not to be in school? and share three words that come to your mind each day when you wake up in the morning. So the idea of this story is to enable kids to both understand, talk about, relate to, and experience a greater uh, understanding of social distancing. It's also funny, and you know, this is a very hard time it's a very hard time for everyone and um that doesn't mean you should tell jokes about the virus but it is okay to smile now and again and it is okay to have sort of moments of laughter even in a time that's very difficult
1: well that's what i you know and i love the use of of the having a dog as a main character because usually their faces are fairly expressive. And I've seen a couple of the pictures and, uh, your, your dog wrinkles fits right there. Yes.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I'm sitting here surrounded by pictures of him as I talk to you as inspiration. But my hope is that he's a funny looking dog, right? I mean, yes. he's a basset hound. He looks funny, but, Even though he's funny, his story is one that's sort of moving, I hope, and one that children can relate to. And um, if they finish the story, whether it's read to them or by them, that they then say, oh, I, I feel bad for wrinkles, poor wrinkles. And then an adult can say, well, do you feel like wrinkles? And it's okay for a kid to say, yeah, I feel like wrinkles. It's much easier than just generating feelings and expressing them without tying it to something. If you can tie it to a story and an animal, it's easier for kids to open up. So that's the goal, enabling kids to both understand and open up about social distancing And their feelings about
1: it. And I love that you know it's just to me it fits in right with the reason why kids like stories about I mean whether the character I mean like the character Arthur who's like a hamster or something or and uh you have uh, little critter books and you have then picture books and things like this that all have you know characters that uh, might be dealing with something um that is uh, common. I mean, I think of the bear, the bear books, the Bernstein bears and things like that, Uh uh, you know, all of them having characters that involve nice. (laughs) Karen showed me one of the pictures of uh, wrinkles driving a car and (laughs) excellent. And yes, he's a
0: very good driver. As long as the car isn't moving.
1: (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And just, you know, it, it makes it easy to identify with and to make it an, not scary at the same time learning the lesson that uh, we're trying to get them to hear. So, which is uh, um, to understand it a little bit better. So good stuff. So uh, real quick is, is the story true?
0: Yes, it absolutely is true. The story is 100% true. And, you know, I, I started noticing wrinkles behavior changing when I would walk him in the street. And after a few days, I realized, wait a minute, he's feeling something. Now, I know people question whether animals feel things. And I have to say, having had pets for 30 years, that animals do feel things. And so I tried to figure out what was bothering him. And that's what motivated me to write the story.
1: That's awesome. And uh, I you know, so now I, sorry, I had this image of wrinkles avoiding, you know, saying, Hey, I gotta go to the other side of the road. There's another dog coming. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. The, uh, you know, so one of the things that I know that's getting ready to happen is eventually your your listeners are going to be able to get a copy of uh, your story about wrinkles and social um, it's called wrinkles. Doesn't like social distancing. It, how is how's that going to appear eventually? We're going to be able to send out a link. It's, it's, can you talk a little bit about that?
0: Sure. Well, there's a link now of a version of it um, that I will share with you that you can post. But the full story with pictures is going to come out both as a video and an ebook that will be available for free for families to read to each other, for kids to read at night. Maybe it becomes a regular bedtime story. So they'll be able to read it. And then through your podcast that we're doing together, they'll be able to hear it read. So they could follow along, they could read with me, their family could read with me. So there are lots of ways that one can use the ebook and the video, and then this podcast, separately and together.
1: Awesome. So will you read it to us and show us pictures and the story?
0: Sure, I'd love to. Um, So when I read to children, I have something of a different voice and tone, so you'll you'll get a different kind of sound on the recording. Um, And I will make sure that There are pictures to show at various spots in it, um, and then you can share those with your listeners. Awesome. So let's start. Here's the title to the story. Wrinkles doesn't like social distancing. I don't blame him. Wrinkles is a dog. He's very sociable, and he adores being with others four-legged creatures. He likes his two-legged parents well enough, but dogs are his preferred species. Even cats won't do, and they have four legs. Wrinkles used to greet other dogs in the street on his many daily walks, and assuming these creatures were friendly, he'd play with them and play, and play, and play. His dog walker came on days when I was away and would take him on play dates. That doesn't happen now. Cosmo was a dog he played with, and he is still one of his favorite friends, although he doesn't see him now. And when he went to doggy play school, Before everything shut down, he had a crush on a dog named Lola, and Irma the dog had a crush on him. He doesn't see these dogs now either. When he wasn't playing with his dog friends, Wrinkles went to work at an exercise studio in the neighborhood. He'd go in every day, and greet the people who were exercising, as well as those who were working there, including going under their desks and tearing paper from their waste baskets. He was so good at his job that the exercise place did not need to buy or use a paper shredder. His picture sits on a frame on a side table at the entrance to the exercise facility. They even gave him an orange bandana to wear to match the studio's color scheme. Folks who visited the studio know him and his name when they see him walking outside. He loved his trips to the office. But now he heads to the door of the exercise place and no one is there. There's a lock on the outside of the door. At first, he thought he was just arriving too early or too late for work. But after a couple days, he kept looking up at me as if to say, I can't get to my job. I can't do my work. I miss my workplace. And in today's world, with limited exception, Businesses are closed, so Wrinkles doesn't get to go to the office every day. But that isn't the only change in his life. His two-legged dog owner friends are not only keeping themselves distant from other humans, they are keeping their dogs at a distance from other people and their dogs. They say to us that they are social distancing, but Wrinkles thinks their behavior isn't social at all. Wrinkles looks up to me for an explanation. Each time this distancing happens, and it happens multiple times a day. And he seems to be asking why he can't engage with any dog or human other than me right now. I try to explain that if I get dangerous germs on him and he gets those dangerous germs on another dog and that dog owner pets his dog, that owner might get my bad germs. I also explain that other people may not pet him anymore, because he carries my germs, and they don't want those. After my explanations, Wrinkles just looks up at me with his hangdog, facet eyes, as if to say, really? He seems to be asking, I'm still cute, right? It isn't me, is it? Now, I think Wrinkles is a particularly smart boy, despite studies that suggest that basset hounds are lacking in brain power. So I tried drawing the virus transmission pathway through the placement of sticks on the sidewalk. He looked down, thought the sticks were for chewing, and my visual diagram disappeared. Quickly. Now, the ways that the virus can be transmitted is still the subject of some scientific study, particularly how and whether it moves from person to animal and animal to person. But whether and how the transmission happens, it has left Wrinkles lonely and uncertain. He is not alone. I am sure other dogs are lonely. So are people. I have tried to play games and read to Wrinkles as a way of keeping him busy and distracted. I thought it would help him with his loneliness. Reading did not go particularly well, although it made quite a mess. He ripped the book. Maybe he didn't like the story I selected. I tried activities with tissue paper, but I'd say it was not much of a success either. It did make a mighty mess when he shredded the tissue paper and it took up some time, which was good. I tried to play dress up with him. I put on a blue wig and he was playing with a matching blue feather boa. The cat liked the feathers, but Wrinkles just couldn't get into the spirit of dressing up. It didn't make him happy, that's for sure. Then I tried playing with boxes, putting food treats inside and sealing it so he could play, search, and find. Unfortunately, he was so eager to play and get the food out, he got his head stuck in the box and he was in quite a situation. He kept banging into things because he could not see or get the box off his head until I helped him. Funny, but not really. Now, on the plus side of things, this much is true. Pets help humans deal with loneliness, and humans help pets, to be sure. Wrinkles has me and I have wrinkles, and let's not forget the impact of the loneliness caused by our recent confinement. Loneliness can make you feel like joy flew out the window. The usual cures for loneliness, petting and touching and connecting with others, are not available. And even if there are creative solutions, our brains seem stuck by the isolation. In a sense, we isolate not just our bodies, but our brains too. And as a result, we don't pursue all the creative ways we could be engaging. It feels like we have our leash tied to the doorknob, And we can't go out. The bottom line Wrinkles feels lonely. So do I. And while we each take care of each other, this is a hard time for humans and animals because of social distancing. But here's a piece of good news from Wrinkles he saw a sign at his office on a recent walk. It said, we miss you. He is absolutely sure it was meant as a message to him. Apparently, he actually can read. Personally, I think it's a message for us all. The end.
1: Very nice. Very nice. That's awesome. Thank you so much for reading. And this is uh, very cool. I, you know, I enjoyed, uh, it gives me a nice feeling uh, hearing about Wrinkle's journey as well. So uh, that that was awesome. Thank you.
0: My pleasure. And I'll send you pictures of Wrinkle's ripping books and (laughs) shredding tissue paper and wearing a feather boa. And you can share oh and with his head stuck in a box. Nice. And you can share those um with your listeners.
1: Awesome. I will do that. And uh just as a note, listeners, we'll we'll uh make sure that you have the link so that you can go to where it is right now and eventually to the the ebook that will be coming that uh, will be coming out with the pictures and uh that uh, uh as well as the uh soon the story will also be uh released and just put out there for uh for you to listen to and look at the, the uh, pictures. So you're going to hear it, uh, have an opportunity to hear it and share it and, and uh, sh- share it with your kids and so forth uh, in many different ways. So uh, uh, Kara, this is awesome. I love the story.
0: Thank you. And I hope um, that kids will read it to their families and the families will read it to the kids and then they can listen to it on a podcast so there are lots of ways that the same story can produce pleasure and understanding and communication. Um, and I just want to say, if, if I um, were reading this to children now, I'd ask them these questions. Do you feel sad for wrinkles? What would you do to help him so he isn't lonely? Do you feel like wrinkles? Are you sad that you're not going to school is it confusing how all this is working right now and how our world has been turned a bit upside down so those are the kinds of questions that i think would help
1: those are great questions and they really would would be helpful and uh so parents listening to this know that uh, um, great idea to ask those questions at the end. And uh, uh, we're going to get this story, make it available to you here quickly. And uh, Karen, I can't thank you enough for writing a story about wrinkles and uh, wanting to uh, uh, make this available to help uh, parents and their their children uh, understand uh, social distancing and in a nice framework with uh, wrinkles, your dog, which is cool.
0: I hope it makes you smile. Thank you for having me on again.
1: Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is excited to be a member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions for classroom teachers and school administrators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll share it with your friends.